This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what's the first thing you would do? Get outside more? Check in on that friend you've been meaning to catch up with? Maybe learn how to play an instrument? I know I've thought about what I would do with more time in my day, and many people daydream about what they might do in that scenario. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your actual schedule is to know what's important to you and take whatever reasonable steps you can to make those things more of a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major traumas. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire that will match you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. All right, Brad, let's jump into it and talk about some news stuff here. Nicholas Holt is going to be joining Superman Legacy as Lex Luthor. He, this actor, Nicholas Holt, you, you, probably know him from uh, Renfield and Mad Max Fury Road and a bunch of other things that he's been in over the years. He was in X-Men movies recently. Uh, He lost out on the role of Batman in Matt Reeves' The Batman and was reportedly a contender to play Superman in James Gunn's Superman Legacy. But now he is apparently going to be cast as the role of Lex Luthor. So what do you make of this, Brad? Uh, Well, you know, it would be nice if they decided to make a Superman movie that didn't have Lex Luthor in it. Uh, that's my take. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, sure. He's Superman's nemesis. Fine. But like we, we, we've seen him plenty. Like let's do something different. Give, give Superman, you know, some, someone else to, to deal with because we don't always have to have Lex Luthor the same way that Batman doesn't always need the Joker, you know, like, Mm. sure. Let him pop up eventually. And then, you know, uh, make a big deal out of it. But like every new iteration of Superman right out of the gate, it's like, ah, here's Lex Luthor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about this movie that I find so fascinating, and we talked about this when this news originally came out um, on an earlier episode of the podcast, is that this movie, Superman Legacy, takes place in a world where superheroes already exist. And so it's going to be a really crowded movie, I think. Yeah. And um, the idea of introducing Lex Luthor, I mean, from the original Richard Donner Superman, like he 
there weren't that many characters in that movie, right? Like, so, so Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor had a lot of room to, to cook and play and like kind of do his thing. And the more characters you add into a a movie like this, the less time each actor has to stand out. So I, I kind of am, am, I'm wondering if this is going to be a thing where like he shows up for five minutes and then it's more about the, you know, just establishing this casting for a future project down the line, just because there seems to be so much going on in Superman Legacy already. But what yeah, do you think course. about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's my biggest concern, because we've already seen some of the casting for this Superman movie, and it's like a lot of what? Who? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's... I, I think that's the other, you know, issue with... with um, having like already established so much of like DC's legacy on the big screen, stuff like that, like sure you want to jump in and not do origin stories all over again. But when you do that, you have all these side characters and things that you have to kind of like introduce and explain without getting too deep into it. And it can make things complicated. So I don't know. My, my hope is that James Gunn knows what he's doing. You know, he's, he's proved us, uh, you know, that he can handle this kind of thing before introducing, you know, a team like guardians of the galaxy was a pretty tall order and he made that easy to swallow. And it was one of Marvel's, you know, best movies. It still is. So I am hoping that he's, he, he clearly has a passion for Superman and that, you know, maybe he's, he's the right person, you know, to finally give us a version of Superman with his expansive universe that maybe, you know, works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so speaking of uh, the DC universe, we know that, um, the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow movie for DC Studios has found a writer, and her name is Anna Noguera, and she is a an actress and a playwright, and she doesn't really have a lot of credits to her name right now, but interestingly, she was attached to write a screenplay for a Supergirl movie that starred Sasha Kale, who, who played that character in The Flash earlier this year, and that project like fell apart because basically James Gunn and Peter Safran came in and said, Hey, we're, we're pressing the reset button on DC here, but I guess she did a good enough job with that script that Gunn and Safran decided to hire her back to put her own spin on a Supergirl movie, uh, that is not going to star Sasha Kali and, and we'll have like a brand new person attached to playing that role. So, um, I don't really know if you have any, I, I don't have particular insight into this, Brad, but I was just curious if you had any thoughts about this or like thoughts about, um, what a, a Supergirl project might look like in this new DCU. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it kind of depends on what happens with James Gunn's Superman. You know, that's, that's kind of like the big, like, let's wait and see, you know, moment as far as like, what, what is all this going to feel like? What's the universe going to be like? Um, Supergirl is, hasn't ever been a character that I've taken an affinity to. You know, I, I watched some of the show and, and it was decent. Uh, you know, Melissa Benoist was, uh, was good in the role. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, I'm just not sure how she'll operate in a, a world where Superman also exists, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems like two super powerful characters that, like, you know, together they can probably just, like, do almost anything, you know, unless someone has some kryptonite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious more than anything. Um, and, yeah, that, that's the weird thing is, like, just, like, so much hinges on, like, how James Gunn establishes things right out of the gate with Superman. Yeah, I, I know that this new movie, this Supergirl movie, is going to be taking inspiration from uh, a comic run by Tom King that was released in 2021. And Tom King is a name that I've heard a lot over the past few years. I think yeah. he was involved with the um, the Vision comics that uh, served as the basis in some capacity for WandaVision. I was curious, you're a little bit more into the comic scene than I am. Have you read anything from 
Tom King at all? No, I haven't. I, I'm kind of terrible when it comes to actually reading comics. Usually it takes like an omnibus or like a uh, a graphic novel size collection for me to like really dig in. And like the stuff that I, I, I learn about it usually comes from just doing research for this job. So no, I, I haven't actually read any of Tom King's comics. But like you, it's a name that keeps popping up. And so like it's his, his stories and the arcs that he writes are obviously something that appeals to a lot of people. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Supergirl woman, uh, Supergirl movie? Movie from um, like the '80s with Helen Slater. Did you? Ever I see haven't. That? No, no. But I've heard it's not great. Yeah, I've heard it's <laughs> terrible. I've never seen it. Um, I, I think I got a box set a long time ago that had all of the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movies in it, and I want to say that that Supergirl movie was included in that box set but i just <laughs> i never watched it because i've heard so, like just nothing but terrible things across the board for that so yeah um i guess she did pop up uh the helen slater version did pop up in that bizarre flash cameo earlier this year in that sort of a uh, world's blending kind of situation but um there you go yeah so i guess i guess this will be maybe a, a fresh start for supergirl so we'll have to see as you said wait and see and see what uh, james gunn has up his sleeve there um okay so keeping the conversation in superhero territory here. Uh, Steven Yeun's character in Marvel's Thunderbolts has been revealed, and he's going to be playing a character named Sentry. Do you know anything about this character, Brad? I don't. The only thing I really know about Sentry is, uh, I believe in comic books, his suit is like yellow and blue, and then in the Marvel Snap game, his ability takes uh, puts a, a card with negative 10 power onto the board um, and really can, can ruin things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, the yellow and blue thing is interesting because Steven Yeun provides the voice of uh, the lead character in the um, animated series Invincible, who is a superhero who also wears yellow and blue. Um, and evidently Steven Yeun, like when he was doing the costume tests for Thunderbolts, just kind of like came to that realization when he saw himself in the mirror wearing the costume, basically, and was like, ah, crap. Like, I <laughs> ah, shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's falling into something of a pattern there. Um, but yeah, I didn't really know much about uh, this Sentry character, evidently he was created in the year 2000. Um, and it's it's kind of a fascinating thing. So the, the character's name is Robert Reynolds. And he's sort of like this normal guy who uh, has this incredible superpower that, that is very similar to like Superman's, you know, just a lot of like um, sort of do-goodery type of stuff. But he also has this uh, split personality where he has like a... a dark side known as the void who is this also like an immensely powerful superhero or super yeah that's what is that's what his card is called in marvel snap the void the one with the negative 10 points okay yeah there you go uh so and and evidently the void is so powerful and so horrifying that this robert reynolds character repressed his own memories of not only the void personality but also the sentry personality and like essentially made sure that the rest of the world forgot about both as well so he kind of like has some vague memories of being a superhero at one point but and like of having relationships with you know the the rest of the marvel heroes or whatever but nobody remembers who he is um so okay. that's kind of like a sounds like know, a lot <laughs> yeah it, i mean th there's like an inherent tragedy to that i think and um so again i'm not really sure like what kind of uh comic basis they're using for the the thunderbolts movie or if they're trying to adapt any particular storylines or anything like that but just in terms of that like tragic nature of that character broadly speaking marvel has kind of gotten i feel like marvel's kind of gotten a little lost in the weeds like in terms of building characters that audiences are really connecting to lately so maybe a character like this that has this 
sort of um, sadness to it and also a little bit of complexity. Like, And Stephen Young was a great actor playing that role. Maybe a character like that can help in Marvel's efforts to get people invested in the MCU again? I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here, Brad. Do you have any, any thoughts on this? No, yeah, that's uh, that's my biggest concern, too, is just that Marvel really just keeps biting off more than they can chew. Uh, and I'm really curious how a character like this fits into Marvel. There, If there's one thing that Marvel is good at, it's taking some of their weirder characters, like ones that you would think wouldn't really work in the universe they've created, and actually adapting them in a way that does make sense. So I, I'm confident that they can do that, but... I'm just at a point where I, I have started to just like, uh, I've lost, you know, some interest in Marvel. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll always be curious and I'll always hope that the next one will be, will be, will be better and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. As usual with comic stories, there's a bunch of different arcs and versions and, and iterations of the character. And there was one that uh, we actually have an article up called who is Marvel century, the Thunderbolts villain explained that goes really in depth in terms of like the character's history throughout the comics and stuff. And some of the, the, the version that I explained to you is just one version, Brad, there, there's like a version evidently where, um, they they think that the character thinks that like the actual uh, god of death or angel of death is is the void basically is like inhabiting his personality. Um, so again, like sure. sometimes some of this stuff gets pretty extreme, and and as you said, I, I doubt that Marvel is going to uh, kind of go whole hog on that. But um, but yeah, they'll probably come up with a way to try to. Um, you know, in- integrate this stuff as uh, seamlessly as possible um, while retaining what makes the character special. So uh, they have done, they, they do have a pretty good track record at, at that, I think. Uh, say what you will about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I think they've done a pretty good job of like boiling down pretty chaotic and complicated timelines and concepts and things like that and, yeah. and characters into stuff that's pretty easily digestible for for mass audiences so for sure um okay well let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about uh some new frozen stuff and then a, a new jason Bourne movie so we'll be right back okay so frozen 4 is officially happening brad and if you're sitting there wondering wait a second did i miss frozen 3 no you didn't it hasn't come out yet it was in fact only uh announced earlier this year but uh bob Iger, our old pal bobby has uh announced that frozen 4 is officially in the works and and jennifer lee who is the head of walt disney animation and she was the uh, i believe co-director and uh maybe co-writer of the first two frozen films is uh back and involved so um what do you think brad frozen four is this something that you had on your bingo card let it go let <laughs> it go no I, didn't, I mean i haven't even seen frozen three yet uh I, here's, here's the thing i i like frozen nope, two nobody uh, yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I, but that's what i mean is like i i liked frozen two uh I, in some ways i actually think it's better than than the first one um Really? Okay. Wow. So yeah, this is interesting. I was going to ask you what you thought about Frozen 2, because I, I remember being very disappointed by that movie, but you think maybe it's, well, you said in some ways, so. Yeah, in, in some ways. it's uh, it, I, I would I would have changed the, the ending so that Arendelle uh, actually gets destroyed instead of being saved, because I feel like that they needed to learn that lesson. Um, but I, 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 oh, I think the overall soundtrack of Frozen 2 is better than the first one, because even though Frozen has you know, some incredible original songs. It also has a couple real stinkers that kind of bring it down the overall score. Um, and I, 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 Frozen 2, or Frozen 1 is still great, don't get me wrong, but there are elements of Frozen 2 that I, that I liked a little bit more. But, like, I don't know, I just, like, how much more can you do with, with these characters? You know, it's just, like, uh, I I feel like there's, 
maybe one more like make it a trilogy but like do we need four i don't know maybe it just depends on how good three is if they somehow are able to blow me away with three then sure i might go all in on four but there's a reason that not a lot of animated movies have tons of sequels um, yeah you know so like it's uh, it's one of those things where like you just you've done all you can with the characters and it's time to move on yeah i mean frozen the first movie made 1.2 billion dollars worldwide and the second movie made 1.4 billion so like i guess this was kind of inevitable but like yeah man i i rolled my eyes when this news came out because bob Iger has been leaning on these franchises for as long as he's been leading the disney corporation basically and it was like you know, earlier this year, he announced Frozen 3, Zootopia 2, and Toy Story 5 are on the way. And like, it's just Man, kind of Toy depressing. Story, you know, I just, I rewatched the first Toy Story the other day. Yeah. Uh, and that movie is so damn good. It's hilarious and just, just such a great, great script. Like, there's a reason it got nominated for an Academy Award, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Like uh, Toy Story two and Toy Story three were fantastic sequels. Um, you know, which it's it's rare to have two sequels, uh, in the same franchise that are are very very good. Um, Toy Story four, I was not like a big fan of. It, it was better than I thought it would be, but it just does. It's nowhere near the magic of those first three movies. And mm-hmm. so, like the longer you keep it going, it's just like no, this is exhausting. Yeah, it's like I feel like they barely escaped Toy Story four without like tarnishing the legacy or like really you know, uh, dropping the ball too much. I, I feel like they Toy Story 4 is like, okay. And that's that's the best that they could ask for. And it was kind of like, all right, guys, you got away with one there. But then them asking, you know, and, and saying, hey, we're, we're doing Toy Story 5. Audiences, come back and check this out again. I feel like they're like courting disappointment there. Um, but like, you know, it, it's just depressing that Disney continues to return to these same wells over and over again instead of putting more resources into uh, building and establishing new projects. But like, okay, let, let's let's set that aside because I feel like we're both on the same page there. Do you think the fact that Bob Iger has announced Frozen Four this early bodes well for the quality of Frozen Four? Uh gosh, I mean, maybe, but like, it's not as if Disney, you know, hasn't announced things before. You know, when they didn't necessarily have a solid foundation to justify announcing them. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, think, think, taking Marvel into account, you know, they announced they're going to do an Inhumans movie, and that's clearly not happening. Yeah. Um, there, there's so many projects that get announced that they end up just being, oh, so this isn't going to work out, and you just never hear about it again. So, and, and this this one feels like it's just it's way too soon because it's going to take them years to make Frozen three. You know, so like, yeah. when would we even get Frozen four? Yeah, I was just wondering if like Jennifer Lee and the creative team ha- maybe had such a strong story that they pitched and Disney is so excited about it that they're announcing it early and obviously that would please their stockholders or if it was more likely that Iger and the executives went to the Walt Disney Animation team and said, we'll have Frozen 4, please. We need this by X date or whatever. And then they like reverse engineered a story from that point. Right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll find out if there's another behind the scenes doc about the making of these sequels like there was about Frozen 2. I saw uh, our old pal Peter Soretta mentioned that on Twitter recently. Um, did you ever watch that behind the scenes doc? I don't remember if we talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, that documentary is awesome, actually. It is it is a fantastic look behind the scenes of the making of a, a major animated movie from from Disney. It's it's uh, it's very, very cool. Yeah, I never saw that. I'll have to 
to add that to my list. Um, okay, so let's talk about our final news story of the day, which is a new Jason Bourne movie coming from Edward Berger, who is the director of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, the most recent adaptation of that. And uh, yeah, I'll we'll just start there, Brad. Like, what do you think about the idea of a new Bourne movie? Uh, it just depends on, on how it is. Like, my my take on it is if you're going to do something like Old Man Bourne, then like... Yeah, sign sign me up for it. Um, that that could be potentially cool. But Jason Bourne just sucked so hard that like <laughs> the I, 2016 movie. Yeah, exactly. Like who who even cares anymore? You know, like the you brought Matt Damon back uh, as Bourne after Bourne Legacy didn't fare very well, and then it, and it just was not worth the trouble at all. You know, it, it it wasn't better than any of the the previous Bourne movies. It wasn't even on par with any of the previous Bourne movies. It was just boring. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Maybe maybe if there's a, a a fresh approach to it, something something new to do with the character, then like fine. But otherwise, yeah, I, I do not care. Yeah. So like, we don't know if Jason Bourne, if I'm sorry, if Matt Damon is going to be coming back to play Jason Bourne. Um, there's talk that like they're trying to get the script right, and then they'll go to Matt Damon with the finished script and say, "Hey, do you want to be a part of this?" And then it'll be up to him, you know, whether or not he decides to join it. That seems like a very strange approach to take uh at least in public like this kind of thing i feel like happens a lot behind the scenes where you know things will a draft will get commissioned or whatever and then um you know somebody will be offered a project and then they pass and then the the screenwriters go back to square one and come up with a new take on something um but for it to be like out in the open like this i guess just because the born movies are so popular and and i don't know maybe this information just leaked to deadline or whatever but like uh it just seems like a weird thing for for them to be announcing this at this stage where like we don't know if this movie is going to be about the jason Bourne character or if it's just going to be set in that world because like what else could they do with it i don't know like i I guess the um the Bourne legacy serves as like a an interesting test case here because it was a side story set in that same universe what did you think about Bourne legacy the one with uh with jeremy renner no sir i didn't like it <laughs> didn't like it okay all right yeah i didn't uh i, I thought jeremy renner was boring uh, i hated that the whole movie was uh, i need my cams where's my cams <laughs> yeah it certainly uh, take took on like a meme status because of the repetition of the phrase cams um i, I kind of like that movie brad though i, I really like, yeah well it just kind of ends and that's a that was a terrible letdown was like the movie just feels like it's ramping up into its third act and then it just completely it just cuts I think, off. Well, I, I think that's why I didn't like it is because like there, there was all this like nothing happening and then it's like, oh, cool, something's happening and then it's like, and we're done. <laughs> yeah, I just, I appreciated the swing that it was taking. I love the idea of like side stories set in, you know, the same, in, in franchise universes where you're like, oh, this was going on at the same time as the events of this. Like, we, you know, we, you talked about uh, revisiting the, the Saw movies recently and that, that was one thing that I um, connected to with like Saw 4, like the, you know, the timeline switching and jumping and being like, oh man, this take place then at the same time and like characters interacting and all that kind of stuff. Like that, that kind of, um, I don't know, nerdery or whatever is, is stuff that I appreciate and stuff that like, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe does fairly well, I think, uh, to be to be candid about it. But um, I, yeah, I just like I, I wish that they would go back to doing something like that in this world instead of just bringing Matt Damon back again. And again, we're not sure that that's actually going to happen. But what would you want to see, Brad, from a a Bourne movie in twenty twenty five or whenever this comes out? Gosh, I mean. Yeah, honestly, for me, I think the best approach is to is to like give Bourne 
like a proper send off, like Logan style, you know, where like he maybe he's not quite as good as as he once was. And like it's like this like desperate last push, you know, maybe it's like to finally like get rid of, uh, you know, uh, any remnants of like treadstone or what, what mm-hmm. is, is, it, what, is there another name for it now too Did they upgrade from treadstone i thought i, I, I want to say there was like a operation briar patch or something like that was like one of the uh the organizations in born legacy as well but treadstone i think was uh i think that was the main one from the original trilogy anyway yeah so i mean i, I think if like if you were going to do it like that that would be the way to do it um but yeah, it just it would take a lot, you know, really for it to work. I think, but I I, I agree with you conceptually. The idea of Born Legacy is cool. Ha- having you know side stories that take place at the same time as other stuff is happening. Um, but yeah, but I just didn't think Born Legacy pulled it off the way that I would have liked. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about Jason Bourne, the 2016 movie, and like how disappointing that was. And like they had such a good cast. They got Tommy Lee Jones. They got Elisa Vikander. They got uh, Vincent Cassell as like the agent who was trying to, or assassin who was trying to track down Bourne. I mean, there's like some good pieces there, but it just kind of. And Paul Greengrass came back to direct it, but it just kind of like sits there. It's just like a limp movie. There's not really uh, much to it. And there's like this big action scene in Las Vegas. I feel like a a plane lands on the on the Vegas Strip or something. Am I remembering that right? Do you do you remember anything about Jason Bourne? That sounds about right. Um, it's <laughs> I, I saw it in theaters and it just immediately left my memory. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, pretty rough stuff there. Okay, well, um, yeah, maybe I don't know. I, I guess my hope would be that they do, like you said, the the sort of Logan approach, where like they finally kill this character off and give him some closure. Because like I don't know what what is left for that character to explore? He's, he's um, grappled with his identity. He's discovered who he is. And then he's already gone through the steps of trying to like, I don't know, clear his name or, or um, take out the, the people who wronged him at Treadstone or whatever. So like, you know, on a, on a, from a narrative level, from a character based level, what else is there for Jason Bourne to do? And I guess like, yeah, maybe a one last stand kind of thing, or maybe him like training a, an up and coming agent or something like that um have they established whether jason Bourne's parents are still alive jeez uh i would have to rewatch. I, i'm sure there's like some uh born fanatic who's listening to this right now who's like come on you idiot of course and in minute 16 of the second movie they say <laughs> whatever but, uh, no i i genuinely have no idea brad i i have not rewatched this trilogy in a long time and then like you i only saw jason Bourne in theaters once so um so so if his parents are still alive uh make it personal um ooh, treadstone ooh. is treadstone is pissed and now they are going to go after his parents and born i like it them. it's like the uh the thing in the first mission impossible where uh, ethan hunt's parents get get like roped into uh i don't know they get arrested or something as like yeah they like they, 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 they put yeah they put like make it seem like that they were like uh smuggling drugs or something <laughs> yeah yeah uh but tom cruise doesn't really fall for ethan hunt doesn't really fall for it in that movie but yeah you could definitely have jason Bourne be like all right i'm going after these sons of bitches who are tracking down my parents yeah. um yeah that sounds fun i would i would watch that for sure uh okay well i think that's going to do it for today's episode of the show you can find more about everything that we talked about at slashfilm.com and linked inside the show notes for this episode slash film daily is published every weekday bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and tv as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site you can subscribe to the show on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps please subscribe to our newsletter send your feedback questions comments concerns and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at slash make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air 
Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow.